Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hey y'all. Just wanted to start off with my apologies for totally flaking on last week's episode. So if you listen to my other podcast, The Science of Light, um, you might have heard on there that I had a training last week, a training related to my yoga therapy training. Actually, not. It, it's a, it was a therapeutic yoga training with Doug Keller, which was a fantastic opportunity if you know anything about yoga people. Doug Keller's kind of famous. He's like one of the biggest names in therapeutic yoga. Fantastic instructor. I learned a ton in that training. It was all week long, which works super well for me. Most of the time yoga trainings are on the weekend. And if you don't know by now, I have a toddler and I have childcare during the week and I'm mom on the evenings and weekends. So the fact that I could take a super informative, super great training during the week while my kid was in daycare just worked out super well for me. So I did that. And then I ended up not due to a variety of factors, ever finding time to record last week. And I apologize for that, for not showing up for you all and just like kind of not saying anything about it. But then also I want to say, uh, how I justified it to myself and how I hope you'll, um, justify it as well is that last week was kind of a mundane one astrologically there wasn't a lot of big stuff happening there is a lot of big stuff happening this week and I wanted to kind of start to touch on that last week but in the grand scheme of things it wasn't a super huge deal to me um I was like you know what I looked at my schedule and I was like I can cover all the things I want to cover um in today's episode for this week for Monday, November 15th, and then I'm going to do another special episode because next week is kind of a dry week astrologically too. There's not a lot of, I mean, there's always stuff happening astrologically. The move, the moon changes signs like almost every day, but the other planets, there's not like huge massive shifts every week. A lot of it is kind of um, mundane and subtle. So it, last week was one of the more mundane and subtle ones with the exception of the sun moving into Scorpio. So I can just briefly touch on the the couple things without having to do a, an episode about it to catch you up to speed to talk about what this week's episode is on, which is the full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus happening this Friday, November 19th at approximately 3.55 a.m., uh, that's Eastern Standard Time. So in the wee hours of the morning, really Thursday night, but as y'all know, I'm not super dogmatic about when you do your full moon practices because I've never been super dogmatic about when I do mine and I've noticed massive benefits in my life from doing these practices and sometimes I'll do them, you know, a day or two before. Sometimes I'll do them the day of. Sometimes I'll do them a day after or even a day or two after and it's like super not a big deal whenever you choose to do it. Um, so yes, technically the peak of this energy is at approximately 4 a.m. Eastern time on Friday morning. So if you were to do your practice on Thursday, that would be fine. If you were to do it on Friday, that would be a great day to do it. Um, I think also Saturday would be another really, like the best two days in my opinion would be Friday or Saturday. Like if I were planning an event, which I wanted to plan an event, related to this one, but I'm in a training for my IAYT, which is the big 800 hour, what will allow me to, to call myself a certified yoga therapist, uh, training. I won't get too in the nitty gritty of those like nomenclatures and certifications and stuff. If you're not familiar with it, just know that it's a huge deal and I'm taking this training and I have a training for that this Thursday through Sunday. So as much as I wanted to offer an event, 
related to this. Um, I can't because I'll be in training. And I could technically hold it. Like, I get out of training at, like, 6 p.m. But then my brain is totally fried. And I'm not going to try to facilitate an event for y'all when I'm in that mind state. So this is happening on Friday. So just know that actually next... So I've kind of touched on the membership I'm launching. And I've kind of touched on Eclipse season. And this kind of March... Actually, really, the previous new moon we had at the beginning of this month, um, which was the last episode I did was kind of the mark of eclipse season. So that one wasn't an eclipse, but it was two weeks before the first eclipse, which kind of ushers in the energy. Like it's, it's almost like a shadow period, if you will, of the eclipse energy. And it will last through this full moon. And then the strongest period of the eclipse season that I've talked about, and I'll get more into what that really means, is between this full moon and the new moon that's on, I think, December 4th. I have it written down. Sorry, y'all. Like, it's in the beginning of December, and we'll get there when we get there, right? Um, we're staying in the moment. So between now and two weeks later, which I think is December 4th, um, so just don't be mad at me if I misspeak. Sorry. I'll, I'll tell you the correct time later. Um, is the biggest, like, it's sometimes called a portal time. It's like a spiritual portal um, and I'll explain more astrologically why that is in a moment. So that's the eclipse season. The real big time is the, that two-week period, which Thanksgiving happens to fall in if you're in the U.S. Interesting. Um, and so then and up until two weeks after that, which is the full moon in December that I think I'm pretty sure is on the 19th. Um, and it's near the winter solstice. Yes. Um... So this whole period is the eclipse season. It happens every year at the end of the year. And so that's why, honestly, I feel like in our culture, it's so embedded in our culture. I love when culture, like, matches astrology and, and most of these people aren't even, like, paying attention to it, but they're, like, falling prey to the grips of the planets. Just like, you know, the ones of us that pay attention to astrology, if you're here listening to this podcast, we have a little one up on them because we know we have like a weather forecast to work with the energy at play. But as you know, most of us are like in this time at the end of the year, like what am I going to let go of so that I can be my best self in January, set my new year resolutions or whatever. And it can also be a time of kind of like spiritual up-leveling and or turmoil, you know, like there's, I don't think it's a coincidence that most of the cultures throughout time and throughout the world have their holidays or some kind of holiday in this time of year, you know, November, December, there's a lot of them. It's not just it's like, I am a white girl from the U S so I celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving, even though I'm not Christian at all, but Christian Christmas is like a U.S. corporate holiday at this point, uh, <laughs> to, uh, culturally. Right. And same thing with Thanksgiving It has like shitty origins, but anyway, it's not the point. Um, then we also have like Hanukkah, which is a festival of, or not a festival, like of celebrate lighting candles. You know, we have Yule celebrated among pagans and, um, the winter solstice. I know people that saw, I mean, I celebrate that the winter solstice, um, in a way that, you know, we like to light lights when it's dark outside. It's kind of like Diwali and stuff, you know, all these things, all these cultures throughout time and space have had some kind of. Uh, paying homage to this energy at play. So all that rambling, let's get into what that energy actually is. So I wanted to catch you up. So the sun moved into Scorpio last week, which is a big deal because I kind of started to touch on, we were starting to see a shift towards Scorpio energy. And that really comes to a head this week. So actually, huh? Wow. Okay. I'm silly. Uh, I had on my calendar for last week to cover that the sun moved into Scorpio because there wasn't really much happening astrologically. So really all I had to co I had on my notes to cover last week was that Venus and Mercury were changing nakshatras, which is like, eh, you might have noticed a subtle shift, but it's not a super huge deal. If you're curious about it, like just write me a message or an email and we can chat and I'd be happy to do it. Maybe I'll do a little um, wisdom talk about that or like a live or something, or we can even, you know, I'm happy to cover it if you care. 
but um, I had on my notes to cover that the sun moved into Scorpio and then I was just looking at the date. Okay, it's November 16th. Well, today's the 15th. So it actually moves into Scorpio overnight. So woohoo, I'm not behind. Sorry, y'all. Welcome to my brain and, and how, uh, how I work. Um, so the sun moves into Scorpio tonight. Yay. Um, which is a big deal because that's where the sun will be when this eclipse happens. And so what an eclipse is, is the sun and the moon, whether it's a lunar eclipse or, or a solar eclipse, the sun and the moon are what we call in astrology conjunct, meaning they're in the same sign, uh, same house with Rahu and Ketu, which are the nodes of the moon. And if you want to hear more about like astro or astronomically, you know, like if you want the science version of what the nodes of the moon are, their eclipse points, you can hear about it in um, the episode I did on the science of light. It was a very early episode called Astronomy versus Astrology, where I, I interviewed a close friend of mine who is now, okay, she's one of these nomenclature nuances. She's not technically an astronomer, but she does have a master's degree in physics and astronomy, but her job title is like electronics engineer or something on a big giant telescope observatory. Super cool. She looks at stars. Like she knows some shit about astronomy. Okay. But she won't let me call her an astronomer because that's how we are with titles here in the U.S. Western culture. Anyway, you can go back and listen to that episode if you want more, uh, if you want to nerd about, nerd out about like the astronomy of what's happening. But here, we're here to talk about astrology, but I just, I can't help myself but bring it up because the science of it is what is important to me, too, because I think these things can coexist. I think the science and um, more spiritual, esoteric stuff can coexist, and we can actually learn about the archetypes of astrology through st studying the astronomy of what it means. Anyway, um, so Rahu and Ketu are the eclipse points, which means when the sun and moon are conjunct with either one of them, uh, we will have either a solar or lunar eclipse. And I'll talk about this one because I'll talk about a lunar eclipse because that's what this one is. So a lunar eclipse happens when there's a full moon, which means the sun and the moon are like on opposite sides of the sky from our perspective. You can hear more about that, the ecliptic and all that in that same episode. I mentioned astronomy versus astrology on the science of light, my other podcast. So they're on complete opposite sides of the sky, which means the sun is shining all of the light it can at the moon. The moon is reflecting all of the light from the sun that it can, but they are also the furthest they get from each other um, in the sky, in the night sky. Um, so they're completely opposing one another, we would say. But it also means that they have a drishti, a mutual aspect, a gaze at each other, um, which means that like so in, with a new moon, they're in the same sign or house. With a full moon, they're in opposing signs or houses. And so the moon now for this lunar eclipse, this particular one, is with Rahu, which is the north node of the moon, which brings like, so the, the north node of the moon, Rahu, is said to be, it's said to be where your insatiable desire lies, even addictive tendencies can lie there. Um, and so this would be like where you see it in your birth chart. If you want to look up your birth chart on my website, it's usually linked in the show notes. Um, or you can just go to yogiscopes.com and click on chart calculator at the top. Uh, anyway, so you can find where Rahu is in your birth chart, but where this particular eclipse is happening, the moon is with Rahu in Taurus. So you may also want to look where Taurus is in your birth chart. And actually, if this episode doesn't get too long, it's my intention to do a little sign by sign, um, Yogi scope, little uh, yoga practice for your sign at the end of it. Just a quick one because that's actually what I'm going to be offering in the membership and I wanted to give you all a taste of it on this week's episode and next week's episode before the uh, membership launches like next week, the week after um, so that you can know what that's going to be like so that you can know if it's like something that you're interested in or want or not. Um, so anyway... Stick around for that at the end if you want to hear my interpretation, but you can also just look up your birth chart and look up where Taurus is and if you're familiar with 
which houses are what, then you can run with it. But um, that will be the area that you need to focus on. Um, maybe what you need to resolve emotions wise. Like if you have any shadow work around that kind of area of life, um, that would be what you would work with for this uh, lunar eclipse full moon. You know, things that you need to release, you know, unresolved trauma or emotions or whatever. Um, those things might be coming up for you in this time. And then the sun is completely opposing the moon. The sun represents um, our soul and our vitality and how we show up in the world. Well, it's with K2 in Scorpio. And K2 represents, um, it's the south node of the moon. So they're said to be karmic nodes. And the south node or K2 is your past life karma or things that you might have already spiritually worked through, whether you subscribe to past lives or not. Um, we all have like things that we're already inherently good at or things that not just spiritually, but just like in general, but, but this especially has a spiritual connotation to it. Like, what are you quote unquote good at spiritually? Like maybe you're not super good at meditating per se. Maybe you are, maybe that's what it is. Maybe you're good at finding stillness and letting go. Maybe you're good at surrender. Maybe you're good at, um, compassion or like whatever. Um, so you might look to where Scorpio is in your birth chart or um, listen on for the the sign by sign part at the end. I'll try to put uh, timestamps in the show notes so that you can just jump to yours and not have to listen through all of them. And it's probably mind numbingly boring for you. Anyway, so that would be perhaps things that you are already good at or maybe you even have some spiritual karma to work through related to how you're showing up in the world so you can look at it from either direction of like where Taurus is in your birth chart where you um in this time period where you might need to do some shadow work or like and, and so shadow work is that's one of those woo-woo terms that I like to use because people know people have some like a lot, a lot of us have some kind of embodied understanding or at least like conceptual understanding of what that is. Like just working with the hard stuff, hard emotions internally though. It's like it, it's an internal, it's not for anybody else. It's like something that you do with yourself. Um, and then where Scorpio might be, that might be the area of life where you need to look at how you're showing up in the outside world. So that's basically the gist of this lunar eclipse. And like kind of any of them, it's, it's related to what is going on emotionally for you, what kind of shadow work you need to do, and then um, how that will impact and play into how you're showing up in the outside world, especially um, spiritually, perhaps. And so then you would look to the individual signs and houses for you in your birth chart to figure out exactly what area of life you should pay attention to. But it might be just enough for you for this um, you might know, you might have some kind of embodied understanding of where you need to do your shadow work, where you need to kind of, um, skill up around how you're showing up in the world. You might already like know. Okay. And then, so you can just throw out the rest of this and, and just run with that and do those practices. But I am also getting ready to share just general, um, yoga practice suggestions and journal prompts, of course, and then we'll get into the sign by sign horoscopes. So the lunar mansion that this particular um, full moon is happening in is Kritika Nakshatra. The, it's a lunar mansion within Taurus and it's represented by a knife blade, which is like, you know, so it's like, what do you need to cut away in your life? Which is also, I mean, it's a pretty huge time because that's also what, a full moon is in general, like a full moon is a time to release, a time to kind of let go of what's no longer serving you. Um, and then so this brings even more connotations to what can you really pare down on and cut away that is just like stale energy, right? What can you let go of? Um, and so 
that leads nicely into what kind of yoga practices or activities might be favorable or unfavorable for this time. So, um, for a yoga practice in general, like for your asana practice, and I want to be clear about this. So I started this podcast and I'm like, I really, like, I couldn't find anything that was a good resource for like yoga practices for astrology. And I want to be clear that I hope you didn't come into this thinking that it was going to just be like, what asana can I do? Like, what pose can I do? Can I do a, a triangle pose and it'll just magically release everything I need it to? Maybe, but I don't think I can say anything. This is one thing I've learned from my yoga therapy training is, you know, as much as I wish that were true, that I could just tell you what asanas to do and nothing else and it would just solve all your problems. That's It just doesn't work that way. And I'm sorry. I wish it did, but it doesn't. So I'm referring to more than asana practice, although I will give you some ideas for your asana practice. It's not so much specific poses, but more ways of practicing. Um, and sometimes I might have specific poses. And then also in the future, it is my plan to offer, you know, when I have events, we'll do specific poses and it's just, it's just too much for a podcast, you know? So the, the yoga practice is more than just asana. And it's taken me a long time to like really understand that even personally. Um, so the way I look at it when I give you journal prompts and um, things to reflect on, that is also yoga practice because it's, you know, svadhyaya, it's self-study. Um, so we're like sometimes astrological happenings indicate breath work, for example. That was like one I think for the last new moon because it was a lot of kind of mercury energy going on, breath work air element. Um, but so the element this time is Agni. So, uh, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. That's, uh, well, Scorpio is a water sign, but Mars is a fire, it's fiery. Um, and the nakshatra that this is happening in, in Taurus is ruled by the deity Agni, which is the fire, uh, element. So heating practices could be good this time. And actually, honestly, this time of year in general, because it's Vata season, it's getting cold outside. Did a whole episode about that on the science of light. If you don't know what Vata season is, go listen to that one. Ayurveda for Vata season includes some good, solid yoga practices for um, this time. And, and so those same ideas could apply to what kind of yoga practice you might do for this full moon. So a heating practice can be good now. I know a lot of times I was just talking with some other yoga teachers the other day about what their plans were for the um, upcoming solstice. And sometimes people do 108 sun salutations. That's the thing. Um, and some people were saying, oh, well, I don't think my students are really up for that. And so I'm going to do yin instead. And I was like, oh, that's the, like the complete opposite. I know it feels like a good time to do yin because it's like cold outside. But really, if you're experiencing imbalances related to the darkness and the cold, doing dark and cold practices like yin, um, cooling, I should say, is just going to exacerbate that energy. So that's a long roundabout way to say that for this full moon, heating practices are indicated. So if you want to do like a vinyasa practice um, or even a hot yoga practice could be good. And it doesn't have to be, you know, Maybe you're only up for yin. Maybe vinyasa is not your jam. Maybe you go to a warmed yin class or something or dress warmly. I don't know. It could look like a lot of things. Um, but then also what's even more indicated, I would say, related to your asana practice, your physical practice, would be a more so somatic and intuitive um, practice. Because so this nakshatra that this is happening in, this lunar mansion, is also um, its aim of life which I did in another episode. If you don't know about the aims of life, you can go over to the Science of Light. The one I did called Work-Life Balance, a yogic perspective. That's where I talk about the concept of the four aims of life, or you could just Google the four aims of life. You don't feel like listening to me talk for another 30 minutes today um, or tomorrow or sometime this week. Um, you could just Google that. But it's indicated by comma, which is pleasure. Um, so that's one reason. And then also um, just related to being in Taurus, like all these, you know, I, there's a lot of reasons I come up with these interpretations that I do. And sometimes I try to shed some light on those. So, you know, I'm not just like talking out my ass, but sometimes I realize you, you don't 
come here for that perhaps probably you just want to know you want to know what not why I don't know um anyway um somatic and intuitive practice and so what that means is doing the kind of home practice which is what I do most of the time what I call rolling around on the floor and you just maybe close your eyes tune out the world do what feels nice and don't even worry about if if it's like even a specific pose you're doing at all um, you know, kind of, I've heard it called like either dancing tiger or dancing lion when you're in tabletop and you're doing cat cows and then you start just kind of rolling your spine and maybe taking hip circles and head circles and just moving intuitively and breathing into the movement. So that's a really good example of that kind of practice, but you could do it for your entire practice. Maybe you start just laying down and just breathing. Maybe you put one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart and just breathe until um, until the hum of your world and your day, like, slowly fades away. It might not completely go away, but until it just becomes a little bit less loud in your brain, and then maybe you start moving just with wherever your body leads you without trying to have a specific shape or pose goal in mind, that kind of practice would be super beneficial right now to really connect to your more artistic side, to your, um, uh, your facilitate your mind body connection because as y'all may know as much as I, I teach and practice power vinyasa yoga but I think in that community there is a lot of um, I'm doing this because I want to put my body in a, some pretty shape and I want to always kind of emphasize that the shape is not the goal it's it's what you learn on the way to putting your body in that shape because it requires a lot of body awareness anyway so doing some kind of somatic and intuitive uh, practice will help facilitate that body awareness. Don't worry about the shape. Don't worry about what it looks like. Just close your eyes. Maybe turn on some music um, and move and groove. Maybe even dance. You know, it, it might not have to be yoga per se, right? Like don't worry about doing the specific poses. Just do move with what your body likes. And it might look different from day to day. So that kind of practice... Is super good right now. And then other favorable activities could be some kind of cathartic art therapy, like another thing where you just don't start with a specific end in mind. Just be creative just to be creative and don't do it like to be outcome oriented. Do it to be process oriented, like just create just to create. Um, that's a really good way to work with this energy to kind of free up some spiritual blocks or then maybe also do a mind dump journaling exercise. And so I think any or all of those three things that you wanted to do for your full moon practice, if you wanted to do like a heating or a more somatic and intuitive uh, asana practice before you start doing these journal prompts or maybe some kind of art therapy or mind dump journaling before you do these journal prompts that I'm about to offer you, um, would be a good idea. And I'll explain why in just a second. So the name of the game for this journaling exercise, like I've said, is going to be to release. Like that's the, the ultimate goal and outcome because of, you know, the reasons I described earlier. Um, we want to release what's no longer serving us, but it comes with a caveat, um, and a way to facilitate deeper release. So we'll get into that. So first of all, we want to think about releasing. So I have questions related, journal prompt questions related to releasing. Um, and you're welcome to just do those. Um, and then the caveat is if we try to focus on releasing all the time or like clearing our energy so that we can up level, it kind of can turn into spiritual bicep bypassing um or like this addiction to going to the next place or the next thing which can turn into a way to not really look at um or sit with the things that need to be looked at or sat with in our lives so that's my caveat to saying like releasing is like yes you want to release these things but it's not totally just about releasing sometimes it's about integrating um, and sitting with something long enough so that it loses its power so that you can release it. So 
that's the caveat I want to kind of give you when I say um, it's about releasing because I think we can't just release things. We can't like will things away. Like my mom always likes to say, don't think about purple elephants or pink elephants or whatever, you know, as like an example of this when, um, when you, when somebody tells you don't think about think pink elephants, what do you do? You like immediately picture a pink elephant or whatever. When you, someone tells you not to think about something, you immediately think about it. It's like, I don't know if y'all remember the game from high school, if you're like a nineties baby like me. Uh, so back in the day, it was like the game, like the whole point of the game was not to think about the game. If you think about the game, you lose the game, but that makes you think about it more, right? It's the idea. Um, so yeah, if you don't know what that is, then sorry, that was weird. Um, but anyway, the whole idea is like, you can't just not think about something until it's gone, right? To release something, you have to sit with it. Um, so yeah, we'll get there. I have questions related to that too. And then, um, the last part is reflect. So, and, and I don't know, I struggled actually with which order to put these in. And I'm going to tell you, I did a card pull and I put them in the order that I pulled them in the card pull. So it might make more sense for you to do the, um, reflection practice than the, um, what's called the Ascension practice. I call it that cause that's the card I pulled that made me think of this. Um, and then, and then do the releasing, but I'm just telling you, so the releasing is the overarching goal and I struggled with which order to put these in, but also just FYI right now, I'm just going to say these out loud and I will, I did put a timestamp of when I started talking about the journal prompts. I will put that in the show notes, but just FYI for future reference for the um, people that join my membership, I will make a little nice PDF or otherwise put them in the, like you'll get them typed out when you join the membership so that, um, so that you don't have to like scrub through to the timestamp. Anyway, um, so for, you know what, let's talk about reflection first. So the reflection practice is, um, is necessary. That's like what this whole thing is about. You want to do, a, you want to have a con contemplative reflection practice and that can show up in your asana practice. Like how does this feel in my body? That's the whole idea, right? Um, but it can also show up in your journaling practice, your meditation practice, um, lots of other ways. Maybe like I was a swimmer for a long time and that felt really like a contemplative meditative practice to me. So it doesn't have to just be like whatever you think it's supposed to look like because of Instagram told you or whatever. Um, it can be anything. Um, so with your reflecting process, you want to clear the energy beforehand. That's like the yoga practices that I mentioned, or maybe you do some kind of art therapy. Maybe you take a walk, maybe you sit in silence, whatever makes you feel like you're clearing your energy. Um, and that's another one that's like Instagram tells you, you got to like wave some smudge stick or incense or whatever to clear your energy. And if that doesn't like really in an embodied way, feel like it's clearing energy for you, then don't do that. Do something else. If it really feels like it sets that intention of clearing the energy and you actually feel like you've kind of let your day go after you do that and that works, then perfect. Right. So I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way. I'm just saying you have to work for, you have to do what works for you. You might be the type of person that you want to do your reflective practice right when you first wake up in the morning or take a nap um, because sleep is what clears your energy. Or maybe you want to do it, um, you want to do a mind dump journal because that kind of clears your energy. Or maybe you want to do some kind of cathartic art therapy um, or dancing or something like that. Or maybe it's a yoga practice or other moving meditation like walking or maybe sitting in silence and meditating and doing breath work is what clears your energy. But if sitting in silence uh, makes you more worked up or makes your mind feel more scattered, then don't do that. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it like ever. I'm saying don't do it with the intention of clearing your energy for this practice if it doesn't work for you that way right now. I think it eventually can, but if it doesn't right now, then choose something that does. So right there in that is a reflective practice to learn what really works for you rather than what you've been told to do by outside sources, because these things are all good suggestions, but that's my point is they don't necessarily all work for everybody. So you have to choose what works for you. 
Okay. And then next. So what that does is you want to create a container for this practice because when you do your reflective practice in a specific container where you set the intention, like now I'm going to reflect, um, and you set a boundary around the practice, it sets a boundary between having a contemplative reflective practice and overthinking. Okay. Because that's kind of the more shadow side of this particular full moon too, is it can lead to overthinking. So don't overthink with your shadow work, whatever. Um, you want to create the container, clear your energy, create your container for the practice, whatever that looks like for you. Even if it's just you set aside two minutes to kind of do these journal questions, then do that. Or maybe you do it through a meditation or whatever. Just separate like now is when I'm thinking about this and I'm not going to think about it all damn day because then I'll drive myself crazy, right? You know, I've done it before. You've probably done it before. You know what I mean? Create a container. Okay. So this is the reflective practice. The questions I have for you. Um, what emotions do you find yourself experiencing continuously or what situations do you find yourself in repeatedly or where do you experience a lot of unease in your life? So for the emotions question, maybe you have a regular journal practice and you kind of just briefly, maybe you don't do this, but you could start if you wanted to just briefly start adding in like what emotion am I really experiencing? Or maybe you look back at your journal or just think, over recently, like, have you been overwhelmingly sad or stressed or happy, joyful, you know, anything in between, right? So this particular question is really related to like where you want to do shadow work around. So maybe you can come up with this on your own or maybe you want to wait for the um, sign by sign and you um, and, and do it around that area for your sign. Um, but so whether it's related to an emotion or a situation you find yourself in or um, just where you experience, where you seem to be, where does your mind wander first when you sit down to meditate or do Shavasana? Like, where are you, like, feeling stuck in life? What do you need to um, feel like you need to work on? Okay, and then maybe you think about that and... Uh, maybe that's enough. And then maybe you want to go a little deeper with that and think about what was modeled for you as a child. Um, so get into a little bit of that inner child stuff as it relates to those emotions or experiences. Maybe um, when your family experienced unease, they got angry or they shut down or they pretended like everything was okay or they went into a full out rage or um, they didn't talk about these things or maybe they did or, you know what I mean? Just think about like how this was modeled for you as a child or maybe where else, um, you might see these things, like how they manifested for you. Um, and then maybe you also look at what your inner voice does or says when you find yourself in these times, like, um, maybe you're experiencing some troubling emotion or wherever you feel like you're experiencing unease and you're like, oh, I'm so shitty for experiencing this. If I could only just let this go, I could be happy or whatever. You know, just just notice what your inner voice is. Your inner voice being a little more critical towards you or um, or is it a little gentler? And maybe where did you pick up that inner voice pattern from? So the goal of this part is not to fix it's not to write down what you think you can do instead. Um, it's just to observe with less bias and more openness what your patterns are, okay? And then um, the releasing portion. Uh, so what is no longer serving you? It could be related to any of those um, emotions or experiences or situations you constantly find yourself in. That could be related to boundaries. If you find yourself in situations that are um, not so good, maybe you need to set some boundaries with some folks or with yourself. Um, so you could look into that. Um, or what is old, stale, taking up unnecessary head and heart space for you? And so it could be as simple as like, you know, so right now we just want to acknowledge those things, right? Um, and then think about maybe if you could let go of any of that, 
what would you do instead? Because so I've harped on this on the science of light a lot. Like if you want to release something, you can't just say be gone and not have anything to replace it with. So you have to have a new um, task or action or um, habit, you know, whatever, something to do in place so that this old way of being doesn't come creeping back in. So maybe you think about what other behaviors and beliefs you wish you had, you, you possessed other ways you wish you showed up instead. So now is the time to think about what you might do instead. So first you want to just reflect on things that might be troubling you, where you experience unease, situations, emotions, where like get nitty gritty in the reflecting portion about what is showing up for you. And then you can start to think about, are you ready to let that go? Maybe you're not. Maybe it's serving some other purpose in your life. So maybe not everything, you know, just because it has downsides needs to be let go of right now. But um, maybe you could reconceptualize it, show up in a different way, right? Um, and then also with the caveat part, notice um, if you ever feel yourself, um, especially in the area of life related to where this eclipse is happening, um, do you notice yourself kind of spiritually bypassing, like just wishing this stuff away without sitting with it and giving it its proper time? And then maybe you could also think about what um, coping skills or ways of being, ways of showing up you could cultivate or facilitate to, or sorry, cultivate to facilitate slowing down and grounding. So that's another, like, maybe you do that heating practice, asana practice, but then um, in my experience, a more somatic and intuitive practice can be extremely grounding. So that's just one way, you know, and like I was saying, maybe that's not the way for you, um, but maybe you could think of some other way that you could slow down and ground when you do feel the urge to turn away um, from something that's hard, right? Because you might think that turning away from it is releasing. Sometimes it feels like that. Like, I'm just going to ignore this thing and it's going to go away, right? Um, but what we really want to do is find the coping skills, whatever that looks like for you, to kind of be okay through the hard emotions and stuff. So... All that is to say, the eclipse season is a big period for um, shadow work, for looking at how you're showing up with yourself, uh, hard emotions and cycles you feel yourself repeating in, some scars, if you will, um, patterns you have, looking at those and how they affect how you show up in the world, um, and doing some work around that. So like I've, I mentioned before, the eclipse season is not a time to set things into motion. It's a time to do the inner work to really show up as the person that you want to be in life, right? So that you can wrestle with your own demons during this time, right? So that you can show up better so that for the next, you know, lunar cycle, then you can really set things into motion. So maybe you conceptualize and think about some things you want to set into motion, but don't actually like do them right now if you can avoid it. Um, unless it was something that you already conceptualized a long time ago and it just happens. Like like I'm, I mentioned, I'm starting this membership and that was kind of the goal all along from like a year ago, right? Um, and it just took me this long to kind of feel ready and supported enough by myself and the universe. Um, to make it happen. So, um, reflect, release, integrate, try not to spiritual bypass or, um, focus on clearing and up leveling so much that you forget to integrate or, um, that's the, the Rahu aspect, the addictive tendency onto the like next place, next thing, even as it relates to next, um, you know, spiritual, goal or whatever. Okay. So with all that in mind, I hope you all have a beautiful eclipse season. If you 
post on social media, perhaps, what you're doing um, for the lunar eclipse. I'd love to see. Tag me in it. I'll, like, feature you on my little story. I'm just learning how to use Instagram, you guys. Or you could post it in our Facebook group that I will link in the show notes, as always. And if you want to stick around past the outro music for your sign-by-sign horoscope, uh, you can do that. Otherwise, I'm so grateful that you're here. Please let me know if this was helpful for you or any other ways I can support you. And as a reminder, you can get your birth chart from yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. And I'm always open to any questions you might have. party after the party it's the sign by sign horoscope so if you're here that means you either stayed till the end and thanks or you found the timestamp in the show notes and you came here congrats so if you don't already know where to find your um like which sign to look at get your birth chart from my website if you haven't I've mentioned it like three times in this episode how it's also will be linked in the show notes how to get your birth chart and go there and find either your ascendant or your moon sign or both, okay? And so you can also, so it'll be down at the bottom. It'll say, it has a little like table thing with all the details and you can look at um, the rising or ascendant sign and the moon sign. So you can look at either one or both. Um, I think a little more emphasis on your rising sign than your moon sign, but your moon sign also valid. So if you want, you know, more, you can look at, both of those two signs um, and then find the timestamp for that sign in the show notes and scroll to there or just listen to all of them if you're interested. Um, Maybe you know somebody else with whatever placement and you want to look up theirs too. Um, I don't know. So find your sign via my chart calculator and listen to that timestamp to look at what perhaps area you could look at to do your releasing or your shadow work around as I mentioned in the episode. And then as always, just a little reminder, this, I'm doing it special for this episode, and I think I'll do it for next week's episode too, but then going forward, this will be only for the membership folks. And it will be a thing that you'll get if you join the membership, but you will no longer if you don't. So with that said, without further ado, for Aries, the first sign of the Zodiac, if you are an Aries rising or Aries moon, this is happening in an area of your life that represents your wealth and assets, your family of origin, or perhaps your diet. So when I mentioned in the portion about reflecting, um, and kind of looking at like your inner child work and how your, this is like super huge for you, how your family of origin could have impacted, um, the way you show up in the world and you're kind of inner voice, your inner patterns. Um, and so this could be related to, uh, your money stories perhaps, and, or also your diet maybe, or just life in general. So family of origin stuff, diet stuff. Are you like one of those people that succumbs to toxic diet culture? You know, it's hard. It's out there. They're all, they're like trying to get us. They're good at it. They like study psychology this stuff, right? Um, so, um, or maybe you have some like stories around money and wealth that aren't serving you so well. So maybe you need to do some shadow work around that. Um, or just how your family of origin, like familial trauma could be impacting you. So those might be the areas you want to look at. Um, for a Taurus moon or ascendant, this will be impacting your sense of self. So this is huge for Taurus. This is happening on your first house. The ascendant is happening on your rising sign or on your moon sign, um, perhaps if you're a Taurus moon. And so this might be a huge shift in um, your sense of self and your overall well-being. And so I might 
what I think for you, what would be most beneficial is to look at just your limiting beliefs in general, or if you ever suffer from like stinking thinking, um, you know, if you just kind of have these limiting beliefs around, it could really be anything, but, um, I would really, for you recommend looking at like your sense of self-worth and how you show up in the world. Um, you might be experiencing huge shifts. You might even feel like you're like reinventing yourself in this time, perhaps. So this is big for you. Could be a big time. If you need a little extra support, please reach out or a little extra clarity. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Taurus, because it could be a big time. So you might have shadow work around your limiting beliefs or, um, like I mentioned, your family cycles, things that you learned from childhood about how to show up. And if you are a Gemini rising or moon sign, this could be happening around your area of life that has to do with, hmm, so things that remove you from the world, um, things like isolation or hidden life. So this could be your meditation practice. This could be your relationship with surrendering and letting go. It could also be um, something around grief and loss for you, or it could even be something around your um, more hidden parts of yourself, including um, your sexuality or your sex life, um, things like that. So it could, it could run the gamut of all these things that we, you know, the things that we don't really talk about so much in the world. Some people do. Um, some people have a really open relationship with talking about surrendering and um, grief and loss and sexuality, but like overwhelmingly in our culture, we don't. So maybe you might look at some kind of shadow work you might have, um, ways of being that aren't super beneficial to you around any of those areas of life and cultivating, um, calling on your meditation practice now, if you have one or, or trying to work on starting one, if you don't, could be super beneficial, particularly for you. So if you are a cancer rising or ascendant, or sorry, rising, rising and ascendant, the same thing, cancer, uh, rising or moon sign is happening in your 11th house, which relates to your gains, like gains from your career, your income, uh, long-term goals, and then also your network circles and friends. So this could be a tough one related to a couple of those things for you. So maybe you look at, um, your, so this is like related to your external manifest manifestations in a way. Maybe do you have some kind of stories around what kind of gains you hope to get from your career or in life? Um, and are those things, uh, are they motivated by you and the kind of person you want to show up as, or are they motivated by society and what you think society wants from you? Right. So it might be some time to do some shadow work around your goals and your um, gains from your career. So look at whether you really, are you doing those things because they're driven by the kind of person that you want to show up as or because they're driven by um, societal expectations that you've just kind of internalized. So that could be tough. And then it could also be related to your friends. So maybe you have the same kind of work to do um, around your career networks or just like your friends, like people you hang out with and do stuff with, you know, are there any relationships that aren't serving you relationships that you hang on to because, um, you've had them for a long time or because, you know, whatever, like maybe you have, or maybe you don't branch out and find new friendships because of some kind of, you know, inner block, limiting belief, um, story. So it could be either way. Um, related to either your your gains from career and your network circles, um, so friends or long-term goals and gains from career, you might look at those things and look at if you are having any, experiencing any kind of internal blocks or limiting beliefs that might be limiting you from fulfilling yourself um, in a way, or you might have, you might be trying to overextend yourself because of some um, external expectation put on you by family or society or whatever that you've internalized. So maybe you look at what you need to release, whether it's either these expectations 
that are propelling you in a direction you don't want to go or limiting beliefs that are holding you back from where you truly do want to go related to those areas. So if you are a Leo rising or moon, you, this has to do, this could be also really impactful for you. Like I was saying for Taurus, um, it's happening in your 10th house of career status, public life, external manifestations. So do you have any kind of, um, shadow work to do around your career path or your relationship with status, um, with the way you show up in the world? Um, or also like I was just mentioning for cancer, if you listen to that part, um, like what is your motivation and your goal with your career? Are you doing it because like, are you in a career that feels truly fulfilling to you or are you more motivated by like societal expectations, you know, uh, manifesting money you don't, or sorry, buying things like trying to buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people that you don't like anyway, you know, it's time to kind of like really get in touch with that stuff. Like, so this comes through your career. Are you in a career that feels fulfilling to you? Are you showing up in your best way in your career? Do you have any kind of shadow work to do around status and the way you show up in life? Are you chasing status um, or not chasing status because of some kind of self-worth thing or like some kind of unfulfilled need related to um what other people may think about you perhaps I don't know that might be an interesting place to look into shadow work around limiting beliefs that might be holding you back or propelling you in a direction you don't want to go related to your public life how you're showing up in the world could be a time for huge shifts for you around how you're showing up in the world so really take those Journal prompts to heart related to either your career or your public life. So if you are a Virgo uh, rising or moon sign, you, sorry y'all, I keep stuttering because I'm like trying to write down the times and the time's just ticking. Anyway, so write down the times for you so you can find them. So if you're a Virgo rising or ascendant, this is happening around your father, guru, um, maybe religion or dogma or spirituality or also your higher learning or travel. So <laughs> I hate to be so blunt about this, but I'm going to do it. Do you have any shadow work to do around daddy issues? Perhaps. Okay. I hope that you somehow culturally have an understanding of what I mean when I say daddy issues like um, the father wound, the divine masculine wound. Um, do you see that showing up? in any way in your life. And if that immediately doesn't resonate, then just throw it to the side. Maybe you don't, maybe it has more to do with your, um, higher learning or your spirituality, your spiritual teachers. Um, do you have any shadow work to do around those areas? Are you showing up in a way that is authentic to you? Um, or maybe also related to travel? Have you been wanting to travel? Has there been anything holding you back from travel? Um, you know, just look into those things. You know, this could be another one where maybe you're pursuing higher learning because of some expectations you feel put on you, or maybe you're not. Um, whatever the case may be, just look in, like those journal prompts I mentioned for just everybody in general, just think about those related to those areas of your life, your father or father figure, also your spiritual teachers or gurus, if you have them, you know, it could also be like, you know, your preacher or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. So if you are a Libra rising or ascendant, or I keep saying that Libra ascendant or rising or moon sign, this is happening around a pretty deep area of life for you. So this is like, if you're into tarot, like death card vibes, sorry, uh, I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what I see astrologically. Um, so this is, I mean, it's, it might seem kind of daunting and intimidating and shadow work probably always is, but it's, it might be a huge time for personal growth for you, especially if you really leverage these, um, 
these energies and really do the reflective and releasing work uh, and sit with what needs to be sat with. So especially related to your obstacles, your deep emotions, and maybe what's causing you turmoil in life, this could be a huge inflection point for you where you might have some kind of revelation or something if you really do the spiritual practices and work during this time to, um, to kind of integrate that and, and look at how you're showing up and what you could work with in a different way so that you can propel forward with personal growth. Going forward, best of luck to you. If you need a little extra support, please reach out to me, um, whatever that may look like. So if you are a Scorpio moon or ascendant, this will be happening around, hmm, it's another big one for you. So um, the sun is on your ascendant during this eclipse, right? And so um, like I was meant, this is a... Uh, kind of big time for how you relate to people. So if you're married or in partnership, or maybe even if you're not, it's a time to look at how you relate to other people, especially your intimate partners, you know, if you're married or like business partners, how you show up in um, like committed legal contract type relationships, but also just how you relate to people in general. Um, it's a time to look at that and maybe look at any shadow work you might have to do around um, how you show up in the world, how you relate to other people, um, how you might have some residual like childhood stuff uh, that you just learned and had modeled for you through whatever role models you had in your life um, for a long time growing up or in your formative years, college, whatever, early relationships. Um, it's a time to look at how you relate to people, how your um, patterns have been, and if those things are really serving you, and if you need to um, kind of adjust, you know, what could you release so that you can show up better. If you are a Sagittarius moon or ascendant, this is happening in an area of life related to things that oppose you. So this could, this could mean a lot of things. Um, debt, sickness, competition, uh, perhaps even breakups. Um, but then interestingly, this house where this is happening is also related to like your daily grind type activities and your habits, because sometimes we can be our own worst enemy with, if we have shitty habits, right? Um, so maybe your opposition is not coming from some kind of debt or sickness or acute illness, um, or whatever. Maybe it's coming from our own self. So maybe look at your habits, your um, the way you're showing up daily in your day-to-day -day grind. Do you have any kind of limiting beliefs? Are you making excuses? Um, are you, is there an emotional thing going on related to your habits? Perhaps, I don't know, something to look at. Look at those journaling prompts around, have you had any kind of stuff coming up around those areas of life? Are there any ways you could show up better in your daily grind and your habits and your health and wellness um, to prevent uh, this kind of sickness and stuff or to up level so that it's better? So if you're a Capricorn moon or ascendant, yes, moon or ascendant, sorry, I keep saying that wrong, y'all, and I'm like, I got it. Make sure I say it right. So if you're a Capricorn, Moon or Ascendant, uh, this is happening around your creativity, children, um, past life merits. So how do you put how do you put yourself out there in the world um, creatively? How do you what is your creative expression? Do you have kids? Um, but then also it might be a good time to do a gift inventory. So that's the past life merits part. If you do like check in with like, what are you good at? You know, like, and then that could, um, really up level the way you show up either, you know, as a parent with your children or help out your relationship with your children. Um, or also your relationship with creativity. So looking at what you're good at, 
and really leaning into and reinforcing those things right now would be really beneficial for you. If you are an Aquarius moon or ascendant, this is another big one for you. Um, so this is happening around your fourth house, which is related to your mother, mother land, vehicles, fixed property. Um, so do you kind of have any uh, limiting beliefs or shadow work to do around like a motherhood wound, relationship with your homeland perhaps, um, or relationship with, you know, assets? Are you kind of self-sabotaging in any way? Um, or are you pursuing assets that are not authentic to what you really desire? So this is a time to think about your comfort and peace of mind. What really brings you comfort and peace of mind uh, in your life and not because it's what you've been told will make you comfortable and have peace of mind or what's been forced upon you by outside beliefs, but what really makes you comfortable. Think about those things. Think about ways you might be standing in your own way um, or ways that you could show up and up level better so that you can live a more comfortable life. Or then maybe also, you know, do any shadow work you might have to do around your homeland or uh, your mom or mother figure. Okay. If you are a Pisces moon or ascendant, this is a time to think about your self-expression and especially your throat chakra. So how are you, what is your self-talk like? How are you expressing yourself in the world? Are you doing any kind of, um, you know, voice exercises or um, any kinds of self-expression like blogging, podcasting, you know, showing up, you know, how are you showing up and expressing yourself so that you feel fully seen and heard? Um, whether anybody's actually like, I'm not talking about, you know, followers and view counts and, and I'm, I'm talking about the hobbies and things that really make you feel fulfilled and like you're speaking your truth and living authentically. Things that reinforce that, it's a time to look at those things. So, um, throat chakra work, super indicated around this time, especially looking at your self-talk, um, maybe even humming or singing or chanting could be super beneficial for you. And as always, I'm so grateful for all of you that listen and stick it out till the end. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining me until next time.